Well, good morning, everybody. What a great church service we've been having. I've been so excited. So excited. I, uh, I don't know. I just, I just feel that big things are going to be happening. I don't know when. Maybe before Christmas or maybe next year. I'm not sure. But I've just got a feeling that big things are going to be happening for Wattle City Church. I'd like you to open your Bibles to the book of Judges, chapter 7. And uh, I'd like to read the whole chapter. It's a good story. Gideon defeats the Midianites. Early in the morning... <clears throat> Jerub Baal, that is Gideon, and all his men camped at the spring of Herod. The camp of Midian was north of them in the valley near the hill of Moriah. Moriah. The Lord said to Gideon, you got too many men. I cannot deliver Midian into their hands or Israel would boast against me. My own strength has saved me. Now announce to the army, anyone that trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. Tremble with fear. 22,000 men left while 10,000 remained. But the Lord said to Gideon, there's still too many men. Take them down to the water and I will thin them out for you. If I say this one shall go with you, he shall go. But if I say this one shall not go with you, he shall not go. So Gideon took the men down to the water. There the Lord told him to separate those who lapped the water with their tongues as a dog, lapped from, the, uh, from those who kneel down to drink. 300 of them drank from cups, hands, cupped, hands, cupped hands, lapping like dogs. All the rest got down on their knees to drink. The Lord said to Gideon, with the 300 men that lapped, I will save you. Give the Midianites into your hands. Let all the others go home. So Gideon sent the rest of the Israelites home, but he kept the 300 who took over the provisions and the trumpets of the others. Now the camp of Midian lay down, I say, lay below him in the valley. See that, folks? They're on the high ground. Verse 9. During that night, the Lord said to Gideon, get up and go down to the camp because I am going to give it into your hands. If you are afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant Purah and listen to what they are saying. Afterwards, you'll be encouraged to attack the camp. So he and Purah and his servant went down and to the outposts of the camp. The Midianites and the Amalekites and all the other eastern proverbs, proverbs, eastern people had settled in the valley thick as locusts. Their camels could no more be counted than the sand on the seashore. Wow. A whole bunch of them down there. Gideon arrived, this is verse 13. Gideon arrived just as the man was telling his friend his dream. I had a dream, he was saying. A round loaf of barley bread came tumbling into the Midianite, Midianite camp. It struck the tent with such force the tent overturned and collapsed. His friend responded, This can be nothing other than the sword of Gideon, son of Josh, Joash, the Israelite God had given the Midianites. And the whole camp into his hands. 
15. When Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he bowed down and worshipped. He returned to the camp of Israel and called out, Get up! The Lord has given the Midianite camp into your hands. Dividing the 300 men into three companies, he placed trumpets and empty jars in the hands of all of them with torches inside. Watch me, he told them, and follow my lead. When I get to the edge of the camp, do exactly as I do. When I and all who are with me blow your trumpets, then from all around the camp, blow yours and shout, For the Lord and for Gideon. Verse 19. Gideon and the 300 men, oh sorry, Gideon and the 100 men with him reached the edge of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just after they'd changed the guard. They blew their trumpets and broke the jars with the that were in their hands. The three companies blew the trumpets and smashed the jars, grasping the torches in their left hands and holding up their right hands. The trumpets, they would blow and they shouted, a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. While each man held his position around the camp, all all the Midianites ran crying out as they fled. Verse 22, when the 300 trumpets sounded, the Lord caused the men throughout the camp to turn on each other with their swords. The army fled to Beth Shittah towards Zeriah. Zeriah, Zeriah, I don't know, that place. As far as the border of Abel, uh, Meholah, near Tabath, Israelites from Naphtali, Asher and all Manasseh were all were called out and they pursued the Midianites. Gideon sent messengers throughout the hill country of Ephraim saying, come down against the Midianites and seize the waters of the Jordan ahead of them as far as Beth Barah. And so the men of Ephraim were called out and they seized the waters of the Jordan as far as Beth Barah. They also captured two of the Midianite leaders, all Oreb and Zeb. They killed Oreb at the rock of Oreb and Zeb at the wine press of Zeb. They pursued the Midianites and brought the heads of Oreb and Zeb to Gideon, who was by the Jordan. Man, that is one bedtime story. You've got to love the Word of God. So, we never bow down to God. Sorry, we never know when to bow down to God using the everyday things of life to test our faith. The men in Gideon's army were tested by the way they drank water. Lot, Lot in, uh, in Genesis 13, Lot was tested by disagreement over land. In Exodus 15, Israel was tested by thirst. And in Numbers 20, Moses was tested by by the complaining of the people. Folks, we must constantly be on guard. We must constantly be on guard because sometimes we do not know what the lesson is or what the lesson was until we've either passed or failed the test. So we need to be alert. Are you being tested? Is your faith being tested? Lots of things happen in the world. And sometimes there are mandates put out for every person by the government. Is it a test? 
a test of our faith. Other things happen that are challenging for us. A test of our faith. Some of us have been given booklets to hand out. It can be a test of our faith. Do we want to do it? Yes or no? All sorts of situations in life test and challenge our faith. Will I laugh at the rude joke somebody tells in my presence? A test of your faith. This story begins with overwhelming, absolutely overwhelming odds in the enemy's favour. Initially, initially um, Gideon had 32,000 soldiers and he was facing 135,000 Midianites. And you that's not in chapter 7, but if you flick over the page, it's in chapter 8, verse 10. It, it tells you that they actually killed 120,000 and the other 15,000 fled, making 135,000. So initially, Gideon had 32,000 to take on 135,000. How many times have you seen the size of a particular situation only to be overwhelmed by the absolutely impossible odds? This particular situation defies human logic. It really does. But it is full, absolutely full of divine intervention. As the saying goes, folks, the battle is the Lord's. And we say that sometimes, don't we? There's a situation. Someone's sick and dying of cancer and we pray and pray and pray. At the end of the day we say, well, it's up to the Lord. It's his call. We've done our part. We've pleaded the case. We've got on our knees. And we can do no more but leave it to the Lord. Firstly, There's 32,000 against 135,000. But then the Lord cuts it down to 22,000 against 135,000. Then the Lord reduces the numbers to an absolute impossible situation. 300, 300 against 135,000. Why did God do that? Because Israel didn't believe. They had got slack in their relationship with God. And God wanted to show the Israelites that he alone is God, that he alone has the power. And if Gideon had have used all of his soldiers, then they would say Gideon was great. But if the battle is won with just 300... You've got absolutely no choice but to say, God did it. God is great. There's a situation right here in this very building, this very church, where we were renting this building, $100 a week. But then the building went on the market. It came up for sale. And the owners wanted $200,000. 
Our church had 8,000 in the bank. And I said to the owners, would you take 8,000? It's all we have. And they said no. And then we prayed. And then someone came forward and said, I heard the building's up for sale. I said, yes, that's right. How much do they want? I said, 200000 I'd like to gift the money to the church. Wow. I said, no, you can't do that. Surely this must be your children's inheritance. Go and pray about it for a week. After a week, she came back and said, more than ever, the Lord has told me that I need to give you the money. I said, wow. Okay, let me negotiate. We negotiated over a 12-month period and got the, got the price down to 165000 We trusted God. This church trusted God. We put our faith in God. With the little we had, God bought the victory. And now we own this building, lock, stock and barrel. And if you don't believe me, have a look on the table out by the door. You'll see in the frame the title deed with our name written on it. This is our building. And we are part of the kingdom of God. And we're situated right here in Maryborough City and District. Central Goldfields. When I graduated for college, on the day of my graduation, I went before three different prophets to prophesy against my future. Well, not against, but about my future. And one of those prophets said to me, I see gold in them, their hills. I said, what does it mean? She said, you're going to the gold fields. God is taking you to where the gold is. I didn't understand. I didn't understand. Three years later, here I am placed in the centre of the central gold fields. And God has given us the building. There's more to come, folks. There is more to come for this church. And there is more to come for this community and the surrounding districts. God has a plan and it's unfolding before our very eyes. We talk about being tested and part of being tested is being prepared and we're being prepared. And I'll tell you, people will say the rapture is coming soon and I believe it, but I don't know how soon. But between now and the rapture, this church has work to do. We're being prepared for such a time as this. We look at this story of Gideon 
The size of the enemy from God's perspective is not important. What about David and Goliath? The size of the enemy from God's perspective was not important. And what about Jonah? Deliberately ran the other way. Because from his human perspective, he didn't want to go to Nineveh. It was too hard. He didn't want to go there, so he ran away. But his faith was tested, wasn't it? Imagine him on board the boat. The storm comes and he knows why. You read the story. He knows why. And he said nothing. But the sailors figured it out. They chucked him overboard. And even today, the word Jonah in sailing terms is a word for bad luck. (laughs) We tend to look at situations through human eyes. But we need to look to God, not to the situation, no matter how impossible it might seem. This is just the kind of situation that the Lord uses to glorify his name. When God is on your side, the size of the enemy is of no great concern. So keep your eyes on God. And actually... This is what I reckon. The more the impossible, the more impossible the situation looks, the more God is smiling. That's what I reckon. And I reckon if you get thrown into an impossible situation, read that verse in James where it says, consider it all joy, my, you know, when you encounter various trials. Because the more impossible the situation, the greater the glory that God gets when we come through. Don't allow the concern or fear in your heart to overwhelm you. God loves it when you trust him in the situation. And how sweet is a victory when you can give God all of the glory. There are two areas that were lacking within the ranks of the Israeli soldier. Fear and overconfidence. These dangerous enemies were within the hearts of Gideon's soldiers. Fear. Remember, we read, those that were trembling, 22,000 were scared. They went home. And overconfidence was the other enemy, which you'll read in verses 4 through 8. Cut down the ranks from 10,000 to 300 so that the army had to trust completely in God. And when God strips away your resources, it is not to give you hardship. When God strips away your resources, it is not to give you hardship, but it is to enrich your faith. To enrich your faith. I get so, so many requests for money from pastors in Pakistan, India and different African countries. 
probably six or seven a week. Can you help me? Can you extend your hand? Can you extend your bank account? We have orphans who are hungry. We just can't do it. It's not possible. But I say to those pastors, trust, put your trust in God. Don't put your trust in me. Put your trust in God. Get on your knees and allow God to have the glory. Allow God to bring food to that orphanage. Allow God to bring the finances for your ministry. And I pray for them. And I pray a recorded message and I'll leave that prayer for them to listen to. That's what I can do. I don't have a million dollars, but I can pray to a God that has unlimited resources to help everybody. With fear of the enemy and overconfidence, how can the battle be the Lord's? If the battle is not the Lord's, then no matter what the outcome is, it's either a failure or a hollow victory. Believers must become strong in their faith towards God. And even before the Lord invented the odds, so intervened, even before the Lord intervened, the odds were against Gideon. And instead of the odds getting better, God made the odds even worse. Don't look at the situation, but trust God for your victory. Like Joshua, Gideon worshipped before going into battle because he knew the source of his power. Okay, here's the deal. Down there in the valley, there's 135,000 soldiers. More camels than you can count. Here on the high ground, 300. What's Gideon thinking? 300, 135,000. Okay, boys, let's have some worship. Like, let's call the UN. (laughs) Let's call America. Let's call the Allies. No, let's worship. It's unbelievable. The odds were already against him. And surely, if I was Gideon, I'd be like this. I've got a hundred and how many did he have? uh, 32,000. I've got 32,000 against 135. I'd already be trembling. Okay. 22,000 of my soldiers are chicken. (laughs) They're scared. (laughs) I wouldn't be worshipping. I'd be getting on my knees and praying like crazy. But Gideon worshipped the Lord. Because he knew that God was the source of his power. And this is a really interesting point. Gideon didn't worship God 
when he was whittling down the odds. But he didn't complain either. And the battle of the odds runs on the back of Gideon seeking a sign of assurance of success from God when he put out the fleece. Now we didn't read that. That's in a previous chapter. But do you know the story of Gideon putting out the fleece? He wanted to be sure he was hearing from God. So he put out a fleece. You know what a fleece is? After you shear the sheep, you got the fleece. He put the fleece out and he said to the Lord, if the fleece is, is dry and the ground is wet with dew, I'll know that I'm hearing from you. He goes out the next morning, wow, the fleece is dry and the ground is wet. So he goes, hmm, let's just double check this one. Lord, I'm going to put the fleece out again. If the fleece is wet and the ground is dry, I know you've spoken. Put the fleece out. The, the, the fleece is wet and the ground is dry. Okay. Now I've heard from God. I do the same. On big decisions, I throw out a fleece, so to speak. Because I want to make sure that I am hearing from God. And it's not just my thoughts running away with myself. Especially in big decisions of ministry. So, two important areas. Number one, Gideon did not go into battle without a sign. And number two, he worshipped God when the victory was assured. And this was the point of worship. But even though the victory was assured from God's perspective, the battle still had to be fought. Even though the Lord said, I will deliver them into your hands. Gideon already knew that he would win, but the battle still had to be fought. Gideon's trust in God was so strong that in the midst of planning a battle with 300 against 135, he stopped to worship God. This is total trust and total faith. Gideon didn't look at the odds, he looked at the Lord. And we know the end of the story for Gideon, Gideon and the Israelite army. But do you know the end of your story? Do you know the end of your story? Can you say the Lord will deliver you, but the battle still has to be fought? How close to God are you? Are you looking at the situation through your eyes upon the Lord? Can you worship God in the midst of your trial? Are you passing the faith test? This story is about living by faith. It's about trusting God when all around looks bad. If you were taking on 135,000 soldiers with 300 men, what weapons would you choose? 
a trumpet, a clay pot, and a flaming torch. I'm sure the Australian army would be laughed at if they went to battle with those kinds of weapons. But this is an army that is trusting in God. God used weak weapons to defeat a great host because Gideon and his men were living by faith. And I urgently, I strongly urge you today, folks, to try your best to live by faith. Let the Lord win the battles. Put all of your trust and all of your faith in God. His resources are totally unlimited. It's only then that you'll be like Gideon and be totally victorious over the enemy, over the enemy's test, or over the enemy's trial, or that situation that you might find yourself in. Always remember, the victory is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. The victory is the Lord's. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this story of Gideon and the Midianites and the odds that were so stacked against Gideon. But Father, we love, we love this story because it shows us so much about your heart, about how much you want us to trust you. And the more impossible the situation, the more we glorify you as we see your hand. Father, let us give you more and more of what we have in faith and in trust, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to a Wattle City Church podcast. If you download the Anchor podcast app and type Wattle City Church into the search engine, you can listen to more and great podcasts from Wattle City Church. Thanks.